Hello everybody and thank you for listening to Sober Diaries hosted by me, Angus Reynolds. As an ex-drug dealer, former cocaine addict and current sober bar manager, I've seen firsthand the effects of the UK's drink and drug culture. And with this podcast, I hope to educate and inform my listeners by interviewing people on their experiences with drugs and alcohol and dissecting some of the broader issues surrounding the culture. My guest this week is a 26-year-old vegan foodie and ethical marketer. Originally from Sussex, but it's been in London for three years now. Um, sober since January 2019. Good friend of mine. Uh, so let's talk sobriety with Saskia. Hi, Saskia. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. So we've actually spent all day together. <laughs> so it's, yeah, and, and we're not doing this over Zoom. We're doing this live. Um, so, but really, like two meters apart. We are we are literally two meters apart, yeah. recording on different streams. So um, hopefully this one goes well. But yeah, Saskia, um, as is customary for this podcast, I'd like to ask you what your favourite non-alcoholic drink is. It depends on the circumstance. Okay, so let's say you are having dinner at home with someone. Well, it depends what the dinner is, doesn't it, really? (laughs) Um, Like, if it's something, like if we're talking like Mexican or something like that... (laughs) It's got to be a ginger beer. So it depends on the cuisine? Depends on the, of course. Okay, so I, th- I thought you were talking about it depends on the different settings of the, the dinner. Like, if it was a romantic dinner, you'd drink this or... Ooh. So Mexican and ginger beer. I do love a ginger beer. Do love a ginger beer. Oh, a fiery old Jamaica ginger beer. Yeah, yeah come on. Can't be any other way, really. No, the Fiji two ginger beer doesn't really no. do it. No. I've been making this thing at home as well, which is called tapash, and it's like a Mexican drink where you basically take skin from pineapples and you ferment it. It's just kind of like kombucha. Like kombucha and pineapple skin. Bangs. Yeah. yeah. So it's really good. It's like probiotic, and oh, it's just literally made from the offcuts that you use from pineapple. So sick. Yeah. Send me the recipe, or I just bring me some. I don't know if I've got the energy or patience for that, but well, yeah. Um, so we yeah, yeah we've known each other a while. We were trying to yeah. work out today, on and off, and from combination of like our lives as well, from like mash up life, yeah, and also from sober life. Yeah, so we met for the first time, very very fucked. Yeah. Very mash up. And the second and third and, and fourth the time, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, we like made friends on the sesh. Yeah. And then didn't speak for a while. Yeah. You got sober, then I got sober later, and now we're very, yeah, I think our friendship has has blossomed, but it's a lot more fulfilling now that we're Definitely. both sober, and we're actually, for anyone listening, if there is anyone there listening, um, <laughs> we are doing some, some work stuff together, um, yeah. Saskia's a very good uh, vegan, as I said, vegan marketer, ethical, ethical marketer, vegan foodie, so she's big in the game and helping the Planet E Collective with uh, all of our socials and marketing. So yeah, there'll be links. Keep me busy. There'll be links to that. <laughs> um, so this podcast, obviously, I created it because I'm sober. Um, for a long time, I wasn't sober. I, you know, struggled with... Only looking back on it, I realised I struggled with addiction. I just thought I was a bit of a party animal. Yeah. But, um, it's something that's been on my mind. I wanted to talk to people who are also in the same position of being sober, but... You know, later on in the series, we're going to be talking to people who aren't sober yet, but want to be. Um, 
and it's just more of a kind of in-depth discussion to each person's life and then we will talk later on about some kind of more over uh, more more general topics um concerning kind of the uk drinking culture drink and drugs culture um but the first question for you saskia is what was life like for you when you were drinking totally different <clears throat> like like if i roll back to like two or three years ago like the the me that i know now is an a, like a different person yeah. like completely different strand of person and i think like the key thing for that is is like i've changed my like the purpose of my actions like before for like such a long time in my youth probably like 13 to like 25 I guess it was like self-destruction that was like the goal without realizing it and just being like constantly on a wave and um like definitely getting into drink and drugs like quite early on like I think I like did my last my first line when I was like 14 Mm. and like that became like my personality yeah and that became like such a part of me that like I I didn't actually know who I was myself so when I went sober I had like a massive crisis of like identity yeah Yeah, literally because i just didn't know who i was or like what i cared about um so yeah like life was very different like i was probably out like i would say minimum minimum like four nights a week Mm. and then like they'd roll into like two or three generally weekends were like three or four days just on a mashup yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's, the weekends were not. It's just like yeah, yeah, just one big. My weekend week. was longer than my week. Yeah, and just yeah. one big night, one big event, rather than Trust me. five. Yeah, and turning yeah. up to work like after being out literally all night, like rolling through to like six a.m. Yeah, quick shower, straight back to work. Classic nightmare. I was the king of that. Loved yeah. it. <laughs> didn't love it hated it yeah but, but i convinced but, myself i could work better on that as well i convinced myself that i was like oh i can do this like oh, i'm wow. great on i'm great on a hangover like i convinced myself that i was really capable mad but I, just my body was like, <laughs> like my body was like obviously like over like over like stimulating itself to get yeah. through the day and i was like, i'm so good at this yeah <laughs> and then Fuck hard crash yeah. yeah i know i never convinced myself i was better so like you know still going but i i i didn't really have the same kind of you know some people they'll go out and they'll at three o'clock in the morning they'll be like they're just fucked they have to go home yeah i so i never had that i never had that once and i always used to kind of envy these people because they're they're done at 3 a.m i'm done at 3 a.m four four days later yeah um and i just yeah like sometimes you just wish like why you know your body can handle it so so there's no yeah you know just couldn't stop can't i don't need to stop but also i don't want to stop and it was just yeah man i, I know what you mean going rolling into work and yeah. just being fucked and did that one too many times called my dealer on the way to work like <laughs> just i'm just like Spicy. just run out of gear like and i know well i might have a little bit left but i'm like that's not enough to last me the full day and i don't want to crash so at deep. work you don't want to crash at work so no you're, you're better off just going slowly slowly and as soon as you leave work then you go home and go to bed but yeah, and no, I did that a few too many times. That's, that's so mad. It's not pretty. No. Not pretty. So that was life, like, back when you were drinking. Did you go to uni? Yes, I did, yeah. Was uni a big part of kind of creating that <clears throat> um, uh, kind of part of your life of drinking and drugs, or was that...? I mean, uni was kind of with me because, like, I think probably the biggest part of my... Definitely... The most dangerous part of my drug journey was definitely just before uni. Yeah. Um, and, like, just as I started uni. But I actually switched uni. So I actually started in Norwich. I did. I was at Norwich Art School. 
and I was there for a year and then like maybe like a year before that those two years like we I used to like I left home when I was quite young as well so like I didn't have much supervision yeah. I'd like moved into my own place by the time I was like 17 and mm. like paying rent when you're 17 and like trying to uphold a job in a bar <laughs> finish college and then go to uni yeah and like all my friends end up calling my house like the crack den because people would just roll in at any time and like you're trying to like my other housemate had, like never left home before so she was like so like free with who would just come back to a house people would roll back to my house at like 4am on a Tuesday and I've got like uni <laughs> the next day and they'd just be like racking up on my table like that yeah. was my understanding of like fun no because then it stopped being fun you yeah, know yeah. so I like definitely like delve deep in and then when I went to uni and Brian um I guess I felt I was I was, I was more well versed than like my peers within like yeah, yeah. drinking and drug space. So I was definitely heavily still on it big time. Yeah. But it wasn't like a new thing. Like I didn't didn't get the same kind of exhilaration as oh my god I'm just at uni I'm no. doing my first bit of. It bit was of habitual. Gear. It was habitual for me by then. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying there. So, I was the first, first person in my group to start doing coke and then like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> my friends used to describe me as the spider in the middle of the web because you know, once you, you, know, you give someone a bit of gear and then you know that you, you got them on it and then they got 10 people on it and I was like, fucking hell, I was like a weird yeah. crown to wear. Yeah. Like I just, I could look around and go, I got you on gear, I got you on gear, I got you on gear and it was like, yeah, it's not nice. But there's something really perverted about that as well because I was definitely the same like, but then that definitely like a yeah but like a ringleader thing like if i'm gonna self-destruct you lot coming with me yeah but i'll make it fun Mm. (laughs) so promise the first line will be all right and then you'll never want to do it again but yeah yeah um cool man that is it's quite we've had quite a similar yeah you started young and and kind of i mean even in when i went to caa meetings they were all they were looking at me and like you know they're because I looked a lot older back then. <laughs> eight months ago when I stopped, when I, but just before I stopped doing coke, like I looked a lot older, and people like would you think, look like, so different. <laughs> like I can't even like yeah. from knowing you like from our first like party vibe together to yeah. knowing you now, you look like a new man. You like you've broken out of your old skin like a snake. Yeah, yeah. And like I've like, shed oh, my shed I'm my snake again. skin. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember like speaking to the guys in the CAA, and they're like, you, you know, that they're, they're they're meeting me for the first time and asking how old you are, and you say you, you know I was twenty four. And they were like, fucking hell, man. Not only do I not look 24, I look old. Yeah. But they're like, thank God you're here now. And, yeah. they, and they were proper, like, you're, you know, you're living life if you're only, if you're here and you're 24. Because there's some people in there, I was, you know, people in there are like 50, 60 years old and, and, and are still addicts. And I'm, that's, that's a crazy place to be. And I'm glad I'm not there. Yeah. That is, you know, that's, that's sad. That's, yeah. Your mind's so was... much more malleable at this age, I think, like, to make yeah. those big changes. Exactly. My ex-boyfriend always used to tell me that your skin, yeah, your cells stop regenerating at 25. Did it? So, yeah. <laughs> so, basically, the thing that sparked me, like, to change, like, my entire dialogue about, like, like what I was doing and putting in my body was I turned 25 and one of my friends told me about ayahuasca. Yeah. So, I did ayahuasca and, honestly, it just changed my life. It's the first time in my life I'd ever felt self-love, like, ever. And, like, that feeling, like, we are suddenly, like, you've spent, like... 10 years being on like self-destruct not really sure why you're doing it but there's like internal like fear trauma all this stuff that you're trying to process yeah and so you're like wow i actually care about myself enough to not keep killing myself like game changer yeah so so that actually brings me on to the next question which oh, is what, <laughs> what, what made you stop drinking <laughs> but that's fine you, you go ahead you crack on yeah crack so on. that was it but like 
yeah, it's kind of a mild one. I guess it had kind of been in the back of my head for a while. Like, I, um, so obviously it's been, like, I guess a year and how long did you say? Uh, January last year, wasn't it? And we are now in May. June, May. Who knows anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Lockdown life. Like, nearly a year and a half, basically. Yeah. Um, the year before that, which was the summer after I'd done ayahuasca, and this is the, the summer before I did ayahuasca, and then that January I did, uh, what was it called? Dry January, yeah. <laughs> so I did dry January, and yeah. it was like, for me, that was like, it was almost a novelty. Like, it was like a joke amongst a group, and it was like super fun. I'd turn up with like loads of lollipops and loads of like fizzy drinks, like yeah, proper yeah. crack ons, and be there in the morning till like 6 a.m., 7 a.m., still doing the same thing I was doing, just without any of the drinking. Were you doing drugs? Yeah. So drugs, no drink? Drugs, no drink. Okay. Yeah. And that was for just January? Just January. And then, like, on the 31st of January, like, or, like, the day after, or it was the 1st of February, yeah. I, like, drank. Okay, yeah. So, like, for me, it was, like, I'd kind of wanted to do it, but, like, to try and break myself out of my own ego and what I knew about myself and the friendship group I had at the time, it was... Yeah, it was, like, pretty hard realisation. And I definitely don't, like, spend that much time with people now that I was then. Like With those, the, kind of, the people who... Yeah, yeah. my friendship circle shifted. Like, long-time friends have stayed, but, like, the yeah. circle has, like, yeah, yeah. changed. That's, that's one thing I, I kind of... I was prepared for, and I knew I knew it would happen. So I knew when I stopped drinking, certain people, I, I first of all, wouldn't want to be around, and second of all, probably wouldn't want to be around me. Mm-hmm. And third of all, I just had nothing in common with anymore. Yeah. But I wasn't prepared for how deep the pattern went. But I guess, you know, for some, for, for, for me, where, like, that was my whole life for seven years, and it was a, drinking and drugs was a huge part of my life. Obviously, removing that is removing a huge part of your life. So, I, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's all... It, it's not something I was... I, I, I regret, or it's not something that... I don't look back and go, I've lost my best friend. No. But it, I wasn't prepared for how big... A part of my life would kind of yeah. be, be gone because changing as well it confronts what other people's understanding of what they themselves are mm. and like some people just aren't ready to see some of their behaviors as destructive yeah. like no one knows better than anybody else but like when you can see someone else sort of glowing up and you're not ready to like yeah. embrace or even accept that they're doing that yeah. like and it, and it makes it really makes you question yourself as well yeah and you go fuck he's done it you know what yeah. and and yeah a lot of people then go, I should myself, be doing it, yeah. but I don't want to be around yeah. it because I'm not ready to do that I don't want to feel guilty about it. I don't want to feel exactly. like I'm not doing the right thing for me. Yeah. So what... You said ayahuasca was yeah. one of the one of the tools or, you know, the, the things that helps you get sober. Was there anything else, anything more kind of every day? So, you know, was there, was there like a little thing that you did every morning or was there meetings you went to? Was there people mm-hmm. that you followed on instagram do you know what what how did you get sober because it's not just as easy as going i'm gonna be sober now yes well it's you know it's a combination of things like um yeah it was really it was hard but i'm weirdly like actually quite a private person yeah and like in terms of like which, if you fo- if you follow Saskia on social media you wouldn't <laughs> think it just doesn't make sense no but like my inner like monologue and like you know like fears and like processes like when you see them on social media they've been part of my life for the last six months or I've been like thinking about more dwelling on them for that long because like I have to work out a lot of things for myself so after that first dry January I'd like actually loved the improvement 
from that and I was like cool I'm gonna do next year so you did dry down and started drinking again so then I started drinking again yeah but you remembered how it remembered was how it, it yeah. fell and then as I got towards the second year I was like I'm gonna do it again but I was like I'm actually gonna see how long I can do it for yeah and then I think once I'd done the January I was like okay I'm gonna give see if I can do a year um, yeah, because Jai sorry to cut you there, but it's like, Jai a bit of a gimmick, I feel. Um, yeah. A lot of people do Jai and then go out in February and spend, yeah. Yeah, get twice as fucked, but they're like, oh, it's okay though, because I did a month off. Yeah. But, and it's the easiest month as well, it's the easiest yeah. month, because everyone's broke, and there's nowhere to go. And everyone else is doing it. Yeah, trust. Yeah. But like, it's when you hit like, my birthday month in July, you know, mm. everyone's on a, on a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to see how far I could do it and I set myself a chance of a year basically. And Sick. by the time I was about three or four, four months in, like I was feeling so much benefit, so much clarity of mind, like so much, yeah, like just everything had changed. My body had changed, like my skin had improved. I'd lost like weight where like, I'm like, you know, I'm not exactly like someone that like, I don't worry too much about how much I weigh. Yeah. But like little parts of me that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with, like a little like space in my stomach or like little parts of my arms, they just kind of like fallen off because it was obviously like booze related. Yeah. And like my, my entire body just felt so much more intuitively mine. Like. Yeah, okay. So yeah, like it, I just felt so much and I was basically reminding myself of those things. Um, and still going out, but like, really searching out the places that had like good alcohol free things yes. and like yeah alcohol free beers alcohol free beers literally <laughs> yeah so i don't know good. if i would have been able to to stop without it it's just yeah it allows you to be in a place with all your mates and not feel like you're the odd one out definitely you know you just go there everyone's having a drink you're having a drink yeah just and it's yeah it's it's like almost yeah. You know, almost normal, and you're and you're almost kind of and, and it's there. It's kind of nice as well. You get a bit of placebo. You get yeah. a bit giddy because you're there with all your powers, and everyone's like, yeah. oh, and you get a bit catching the same wave, but without the alcohol, but without going too far, yeah. without without the, the the kind of the unstoppable need for coke after three beers, and it's yeah. like, oh, you just you do anything for a bit of gear. Gosh. It's just yeah. I think that's the other thing that definitely like was be a tool for me is like, like try, like it's like for me like growth is habitual like you like i don't think in anything i mean people are all different but like for me personally i can't wake up in the morning and do something but i can wake up in the morning and remind myself to practice that thing sometimes if i go wrong i remind myself again while i'm practicing it mm. and like then it starts to become part of my pattern yeah and like for me like with losing booze the, the tool for me was reminding myself of the destructive impact it had had on my life and like reminding myself of like all those times you know you wake up this morning you're like what the fuck? Yeah, the fear. Am I doing the yeah. fear and like shit? And I'd... the shame. Well, the self. I don't I know what you're the, talking about. The self-loathing of just that. Self-loathing. I spent four hundred pound on the weekend. Yeah, trust like, me. On what? I've done what? And I used to brag about those things as yeah. well. That's exactly. a crazy thing. You used to think you were the biggest guy in the room because you're like, oh, what? Everyone's going home. Oh, you lot are dickheads. I'm up three days Literally, now. Like, first oh. to start, last to finish. Yeah. And wore like Always. a badge of honour. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous, isn't it? It is. But like that, I'll tell you what it is though. It's like, it's, you know, it's protection. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to look at yourself as you're the biggest cretin in the room. Or, you, you, you know. Well, it's not even that. For me, it was more a case of like, 
for like for someone who is quite small, like in terms of height, like I can yeah. put it away. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And, like realizing that when I was younger, and realizing like the whole like bravado, sense of ego that's attached to that, that yeah. became for me like a way to bolster my own personality. Yeah. And yeah. that was like the real hard hitting, like peeling back the layers, and like mm. also like you know leaving home when you're younger and like being like fiercely independent sometimes default like yeah that like whole that's i had to build myself and i didn't build it in the right way yeah you know so that was something that yeah you had to come to come to terms with and yeah. deal with when you get sober yeah it's an intense six months the first six months i reckon fuck yeah i'm, I'm only seven months in and it feels like a lifetime honestly it yeah. feels like at least three or four years because of the amount of shit that's changed in my head and my yeah. body and, and and my life in general but um so what's life like for you now oh, so different oh my god so life for me now is what i would have categorized before as boring yeah like because i was too afraid to be like yeah actually i'm happy to jam at home yeah or like anything like that like because i used to hate my own company and now like I'd love a night in like I'm still like so blessed I'm still always about with my friends and like got loads of work on but like it's I can say no a lot more and like I sit with myself a lot more and that's like yeah something I'd never had any experience of like doing like if there was any pain or anything like that it was out you know Drinking for a sniffing for a like yeah. get get it gone, push it down, hide it. Yeah. Whereas now you just got to sit home and to be honest, watch a sad film and have a cry. Safe. Yeah. Next, move on, process. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, life for me is much better work wise as well. Like I went freelance last April, so yeah, four months after I stopped drinking, I found the courage and confidence to finally go freelance. Yeah. And that's just been for me. I mean, a mad whirlwind, but yeah, I ups think and downs, it, ups but... and downs, but like generally like proper success. And I've worked with so many amazing brands and like done so many like mad things yeah. and like, yeah. yeah, like proper growth professionally. Yeah, man. So, yeah, because I wake up. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, but incoming, but like a different kind of G, you know? Yeah, like, just like, just like, it's just a self-assured kind of, you, you know what you you can do and, and you're quite comfortable telling people that, you know, yeah. just from my, my kind of opinion, of, not opinion of you, my experience of you professionally is quite, you're just really, you know, you know exactly what what you're about, you you know your whole kind of everything that you can do and, and won't do and will do and want to do, yeah. and you're very just... I think that's know. what comes from not drinking as well, it's... it's a genuine confidence, yeah. not a falsified one, and it's also boundary setting. Yeah. And that's been a really big one for me as well with alcohol, like being able to, and that's something I'm still working so hard on. Like, there's still elements of my life right now where my boundaries are being crossed by people or by companies or whatever, but generally I'm like, okay, this is where my boundaries are. I hope you can respect that, and yeah. that's how I'm going to operate now. So, like, I'm so much more protective of my mental well-being now yeah like if i'm not feeling it i'm not yeah, doing I'll, it yeah trust yeah whereas before like people pleasing oh yeah i'll do it yeah, i'll yeah. do it i mean i still have a bit of that come on <laughs> i like make people happy tiny little bit I'm like. tiny little bit but <laughs> yeah understanding where the line is cool yeah right. well 
that's enough about you now. <laughs> <laughs> Bored of that now. Um, so this this is now where this is the part of the podcast where we have a more general discussion of a topic which changes each week. And this week, the question is, how has going sober affected your sex life, sex and dating life? Yeah. And this is, I think we've both got a lot to say on this one. Yeah, but. definitely. <laughs> but I'd, I mean, like, I'd like the, you to start. It's one of them mad game changers. Um, like, for me, and like, the way it's, the way it has always been for me is that like, sex is legitimately the most intimate thing you can do with another human being. Like, yeah. there is probably nothing else you can do that is more intimate than that. So, yeah. for me, it's always been like, relatively sacred. Um, and I've been in like, mainly like longer monogamous relationships but like when I went sober um I was dating a guy and he's Irish and he's like a bit of a big drinker Mm. so it like totally changed the dynamic between us because like I always find it so weird like I've never been I've never been the sober one and someone else has been drunk whereas I've definitely been the drunk one and someone else has been sober Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like actually having it on the other way, it was weird as fuck. Yeah. And not particularly good. Like no one, I don't care what anyone says, no one is good in bed when they're drunk. No one's put, put, no. putting in their, their best moves when they're smashed, yeah. No, and because you're not connected with that person, because yeah. you're on a, like a different, I think that's the thing for me, it's like frequency. It's same as with drugs. Like Coke, I'm definitely never going to have sex with anybody on Coke. I don't touch Coke. <laughs> like, no. I'm not about that. That's not my frequency. Like, mm. I'm not about that. Like, Dabbling in mushrooms, sure. Yeah, so different. Herbal. That's herbal. <laughs> yeah, that's it's herbal a medicine. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's like frequency for me, and like, uh, yeah. So like, you know, I definitely had sex a couple of times when I went sober, and they were like had been drinking, and it just felt like that's all felt wrong, and it felt really disconnected. I think I'd spent so long like during my sober process of like reconnecting with myself and like how I feel and like what my body needs and like all those kind of reactions so then like have sex with somebody that's like disconnected to reality yeah is like turn off central no like you're not even you don't even know what you're doing with any of your bits like (laughs) like do I mean like connect with me like I'm not yeah. yeah yeah so yeah you can't run this rocket if you're drunk you just can't you don't know where the buttons are yeah (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it was a very, very weird change to make for me as well. Because I went from drinking every day, fucking coke five, six times a week. Every, t- all, all of my interactions with, with females were generally when I was under the influence of something. And to go then from that to sober and then... You know, I was still, like I was single and stuff. I was going on dates, and I'll go on dates, and the girl would have a couple of drinks, and um, it's weird. It's a weird vibe. First of all, I just couldn't. There was a bit of me which I was just shook. I couldn't even kiss a girl. Like it took me a month to to kind of kiss a girl sober. I wasn't used to. It. I didn't know. Is that confidence thing? Or? It's confidence, but it's also kind of like I knew exactly where I was when I was doing gear. In my head, I, I, you know, because I'd done it so much. I've been drunk and I've done, I've been in this situation a, a hundred times. Completed it, mate. 
exactly completed it but I knew exactly I knew I was just it was like routine yeah. for me so I knew exactly what I was doing I knew the, the not the, like the chat up I didn't have chat up lines but I Come knew on. but I, you know I, 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 I was I was I was confident enough in my judgment of the situation whereas yeah. when I was sober I was like I don't know anything like that the, my my judgment of a situation was was out the window because yeah. I don't know I don't know, should I, should I, I was like, I was like so nervous, man, yeah. like, do I kiss her now, like, oh, she's, and it, yeah, it proper kind of fucked me up for a little bit, my head, um, and then I went on a couple of dates, and I went on a date with a girl, she drank a bottle of wine and three gins, whoa, and you were own. totally sober, and I was sober, and I was like, this is fucking weird, man, and she was putting it all over me at a bar, so I had to, I literally walked out, like, she had come back to my house, I literally took her to her home, put her in bed, and then left her house, like, and I was just, you know, and it's but it's it's even if a girl's had one or two drinks, it still feels a bit weird as a man because I you know I would never yeah. ever do, I'd, I'd never I kind of put it in 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 terms of like if someone was the if this was my sister, yeah would I what would I what would I want someone kind of how mm-hmm. do I want someone to react or act sorry, and I just that kind of then. <laughs> cut everything so yeah. I went from you and that know, should be the standard and when you're sober enough to think that that should be the standard you're like yeah, yeah. obviously yeah and then, you know there's there's always a drunk girl and, and it just I kind of just really turned myself off all of it and I was like oh, this is this is not right it doesn't feel nice it doesn't it feels really creepy what you know even just chatting to her feels weird and I was just I was so kind of off it but now you know this this far down the line I've, I've now come very much more comfortable with myself being sober because yeah. I guess it was just I was uncomfortable I didn't know I was uncomfortable being sober and I didn't you have to know. relearn social cues yeah, like, I didn't know how to yeah. do it I, d- I didn't know how to date sober i would never really done it so you know six seven months down the line it's still still learning but it's such courage and that's the thing as well it's like as soon as you take alcohol away you're having to like just create your own manifest your own confidence yeah and that is the hardest lesson that I learned yeah. so like with dating like being able to go into a room and speak to someone that you've never met before about mm. yourself and feel like... That's the key thing to me. The reason I actually stopped drinking was because I didn't feel like I was funny or interesting without alcohol. Mm. Like, my anxiety was through the roof. I didn't think I was funny or interesting without it. And, like, I needed to drink in order to be. Yeah. And, like... Which I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Like, oh, this is my, like, actual fun personality. No, like, if you're going to be fun, you should be fun without alcohol. Yeah, otherwise you're just lying anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, what happens the next day or the next week? Exactly. You, you can't, yeah. Yeah. It's difficult, though, because I think especially, like, with relationships, and I think I think any really major life change when you're kind of, you know, processing things and making a change that is better for you it's a similar thing to friendship as well whereby like if you have a friend that's still like bang on bang on the gear and you're like sober it becomes difficult for them and i think that's similar relationship as well like if you're trying to date someone where they're drinking a lot and you're not drinking like there just becomes kind of incompatible incompatibility definitely um and, like, for me, it's the same thing with, like, me. Like, I couldn't ever date anybody that ain't me. Like, that... It's just such incompat- incompatibility of lifestyle. Yeah. That, like... Yeah, yeah. Just kind of the fundamentals of... of 100%. Of yourself. Definitely. Yeah. yeah um, oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a subject and a half, this one. It is. <laughs> it's deep as well, because, like, so much... Like, even, like, the beginning of, of my relationship, like... It was formed on us going out and getting mash up. Yeah. 
So that's like all like everything we knew about each other had been formed on this space of just being out and like being wild and like being that version of ourselves so that when I stopped drinking like I think it, it like impacted him negatively as well because he then became like quite conscious of himself and like yeah that he was the one that was drinking all the time mm. and like you know like fair play like every, like everyone's in such a different process and like some you know like sobriety doesn't work with everybody and doesn't need to but I had a real problem like re- yeah. like a real problem and like for me this is my this is my path yeah um and yeah, I just think when you put those two things together, and they're so, it's even like even like small things like smoking. Like if one of you's like a heavy smoker and the other one's just trying to quit, it's hard. Yeah. Because it's super hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you stop smoking, and then you start kissing someone who's been smoking, you're oh, like, oh, make that stop. Very, <laughs> very grim. When your taste buds return to normal, and you're I know. Like, yeah, you can Whoa. actually you can actually taste things. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's not the one at all. I understand, again, just like boundaries, I understand so much more about myself and mm. what I'm looking for that if at any point in the future my heart does heal, I, like, won't be able to be with someone that's drinking a lot. Like, sure, like... And this is the other thing as well. Like, now that I've been sober for a year and a half, I have had probably three experiences with alcohol in that time. I don't okay. consider myself not sober. Yeah. Um, But, like, for example, like it's changed where I think about it. So like if I'm out somewhere really nice, like a really beautiful venue, and there's a cocktail that looks banging, I'll ha- maybe have that one cocktail. I had yeah. like one at Christmas, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And you just enjoy it for what it is, and then that's it, and that one thing's done. Yeah, it's not alcohol to get drunk. It's just, no. It just happens to be in the drink that you're having. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, like, I don't think it's a, like, a cut and dry, and I think now that I've definitely quashed my addiction for it, yeah. and... And now that I have confidence in myself, if, you know, I'm on holiday and I want to have a particular drink at a particular thing, I'm not going to stop myself, yeah. but I'm definitely not going to have any more. Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm definitely not uncomfortable around people that drink. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to date anyone that's heavy drinker at all because it, it just, it's such incompatibility of, yeah. like, you know, and when we come back to the sex thing, like, it's so intimate. Like, I don't want any of my senses numbed yeah you know and i definitely don't have the other person yeah Yeah. like it's so private and it's so deep that like it yeah i I don't want to put anything like any like blockers in the way of that yeah yeah i remember nights or i remember mornings that i've woken up and gone "Mm, did did we oh god what actually happened last night and it's just a look at it you know it's not nice it's not a nice thing, thing to ask but i can't imagine what it's like to someone to ask that to you like did we fuck last night that's you know yeah it's pretty it's, mad yeah. isn't it and you know kind of going back to the first dates it's a it's such a weird scenario to to kind of to try and do as a as a sober guy i could you know the, all i knew of how to how to date a girl was yeah. take her for a drink and then because i know get put me in front of someone and i'll and i'll i'll chat them up i'll chat them up <laughs> I'll charm them. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Because I'm good at it, and I, I'm, I'm a nice person. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> but so I, I was kind of trying to do that. I was like, yeah. right, let me just do everything the same, but without alcohol. And then that just is weird. I'm in a pub, and like, you know, you, you're looking around, and and as people start to get more drunk, especially the person I was, you know, on a date with, I'm not going to yeah. tell them don't drink. No, exactly. But they'd have a gin, and then they have two, and then they have three, and then. 
you're like I know conversation that, changes the conversation it? changes <laughs> and the way you know the, the, the body language and the, the mannerisms and the kind of you know the way they're looking at you yeah. and you're like you know I'd, I'd normally be on this but right now it's a lot you've, you've just had, you've had one too many and now I'm yeah. like I don't want to sleep with someone just because they are drunk and horny no which exactly so my whole thinking about it has changed whereas I used to I, I didn't really care I would be drunk and horny too now I'm never drunk and horny I'm horny but I'm never drunk and horny do you know what I mean so it's I want someone to want to sleep with my personality rather than yeah. rather than just be drunk and oh he's quite fit there he's and he's in front yeah. of me and like I've drunk enough that it's like made me realise yeah. yeah okay like I've had four drinks now let's go and sleep together I just I'm not on that at all no and my whole yeah and I just just yeah all conversation and jokes to get me into bed like literally nothing else <laughs> What, um, have you found, like, when you've been dating, like, what have the reactions been to, like, girls find out that you don't drink? It is a power move. It's a, you know, it's a big, big power move to go to tell a girl you don't drink. They just look at you like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Because I guess, because I look like someone who drinks and gets, gets <laughs> you on You do. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a wrong'un, I babe. look like a wrong'un. Uh, give me another year and I might have kind of grown out of no, it. No, never change. He <laughs> just lost his tooth for the record. Oh, so. shit, man. I look like a fucking pirate at the moment. My front tooth got, broken, got broken off and the, all the dentists are closed. But, um, yeah, I look like a wrong'un and I guess I chat like a wrong'un as well. So, but but then I go, I'm sober. And so, so people look at me like, this is what I thought you were. But not only are you not that, you're the complete opposite of that. And it shows that, you know, I've got some self-restraint and I've got some self-control, which I feel like is quite an attractive, you know, trait to have in someone. Like, wow, you don't, you know, you don't do this. Not, not only like a, it's not like, oh, I don't smoke. You yeah. might have never started smoking. Drinking is something every single person does. Yeah. And now you don't. And it's like, you know, and it, it kind of gives you, I guess it gives you a bit of personality and people are a bit intrigued and, and they want to, it's a, it's a good conversation starter. I think some people are definitely um, threatened by that as well, though. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I had, I had conversations um, before and, like, telling people I'm sober, especially guys, and mm. they're being like, really, why? What what went wrong? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, yeah, loads of stuff went wrong. But yeah. stuff could also not have gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the, like, you're so, especially in, like, social, like, sex and dating scenarios, like, it's, you know, it's social lubricant. Yeah. And, like, you've lost your ability to have proper, deep... Com- or just not and just normal conversations with <laughs> yeah. people. Do you know what I mean? Real conversations. You go out yeah. and, out and you remember every conversation you've had and then you yeah. go home and then, you you know, you wake up in the morning and you still remember those conversations yeah. rather than just shouting at people in the, in the smoking area. Yeah. And you don't regret anything you said. Like no. like I said, the couple of, like, once or... Like, maybe three or four times I've drunk in the last, last year and a half. I don't even feel, nowadays, I don't even feel, I definitely don't feel any more interesting. I definitely don't feel any more fun. If anything, I just feel a bit more, like, petulant. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, just a little bit of a brat. Yeah. Like, that's the only difference for me now. Yeah. There's no, like, I'm able to, like, voice what I need to voice. Yeah. And I'm able to behave the way that I want to behave and, like, be fun and be a bit wild. But confident in myself that that's the right thing that I want to be doing at yeah. that time. Yeah, there's absolutely no regrets when it comes to decision making on a night out which i it is probably one of the one of the best things for me it's like there's no i know that everything i've done whether that be go home whether that be go to the next bar yeah whether that be take someone's number give my number out 
not speak to someone, speak to someone. Everything I've done is because I wanted to do it. And yeah. everything is everything is a thought, you know, it's it's done intentionally. And, you know, you think about your actions and then you yeah. do it. Rather than, hey, let's fucking <laughs> just do the random shit because we're <laughs> fucked up. Like, yeah. And, yeah, that's, that, that's a big thing. And always regret it as well. Yeah. Like always, always. <laughs> like largely always. always. Yeah. Like and then it's even like ninety percent, ninety five percent, and then the other five percent you don't remember it. So exactly, it's, yeah. but it's like even when you look at like the spaces you put yourself in, like the kind of like places. Like I went, I was, I was at clubs. Who goes to clubs anymore? No. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I in don't want to go to right ten a.m. in the morning. Yeah, that's a solid yeah. no from me. <laughs> Like, I'm yeah. happy to roll around and chat and, like, nice bars yeah. and home and, like, those vibey yeah. spots I'm always about. Mm. But clubs at 10 a.m.? No. 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 So, no, like... No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The situations I put myself in just for the availability of other people getting fucking mush up. The amount of times I was, like, the last man standing at Egg or something, all my friends oh. have gone home. And I'm there calling another one in and going to Vauxhall with a bunch of people I don't know. Yeah. Because they're all, like... Yeah, let's go to Vauxhall and get, get in a dirty cab with like, you know, like six people. I literally yeah. have no idea who they are, oh. but we're all going the same route. And then, oh man, oh, well, I remember walking walking down the, the Thames, like at probably five pm on a Sunday evening, and it was yeah. just like a nice day, lots of families out, couples strolling, and I was there just like oh. on the way home, proper like, little cretin, proper horrible, horrible cretin. Oh, um, right, Saskia, I'm gonna ask you a few questions so I put it out on the socials that I was interviewing you Ooh. and asked people for some questions to ask you some like real time questions so let me just get those up um, the first real one time. I know real time uh, where's it gone so the first one is I have not written it down <laughs> um I did write it down somewhere. What's a typical Friday night for you now? <laughs> if you have one. Lame, pretty much. Like, it's... Uh, I mean, typical Friday night for everyone's pretty much the same at the moment, isn't it? Are we, like, okay. talking out of quarantine, Let, let's talk yeah? just pre-quarantine, yeah. Pre-quarantine, typical Friday night would be... Um, I don't know, to be honest, like, it would probably be just cooking something, like, really bagging at home. Mm. If there's something on, I'm definitely out for it, but um, I don't choose to be for the sake of it. I'm not like, oh, it's Friday night anymore, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Friday night doesn't yeah, yeah, have... Yeah, it doesn't make a difference that it's Friday no, or Monday. Yeah. It doesn't have, like, a heavy-duty connotation anymore. It's just, like, it's a Friday or it's a Monday or it's a Sunday or whatever. So, if there's an event on, I'm definitely about at that and doing something like that, but... um Otherwise, just chilling at home and cooking, like, that's what I love to do as well. So just spending some time, like, making really banging food. That's what I spend my money on now as well. Yeah. All that money I spend on alcohol, like, it's just on the most banging food. And I eat out and I make food at home. And, like, yeah, that's definitely where my money goes now. Sweet. Um, How were you able to find the balance in adapting your new lifestyle to friends and your social situation? (laughs) Big exhale. You know what? Like, acceptance. Like, accepting that... Accepting myself for my new path yeah. and not being 
frustrated in myself for not like fitting in with certain people anymore accepting them for where they're at right now and like accepting that i was going to lose people in my friendship group yeah um yeah you have to kind of just have to accept it and like you know that's a scary thing to do but i still have so many friends around me now yeah in fact i have much better social life now like me, yeah. my friendships are deep yeah, yeah. they're like quite like at times like intense I mean everything about each other like mm. really beautiful friendships have blossomed from my sobriety like um, female friends actually that's a key thing for me like, you've actually got some now well I always had a few yeah. I'd always have like probably like a best female friend or a couple like a little handful Yeah. Um, and I was always a little bit uncomfortable with my femininity Okay. while I was drinking and then when I stopped drinking I fully had to accept my feminine side and like realising that being feminine isn't weak yeah. being intuitive isn't weak and like like coming into my own as strength within femininity rather than seeing like masculine traits as being the only way that's why I was drinking so much that's why I was sniffing so much that's why I was like the party to fucking be yeah. as, uh, beat the lads basically trust me because yeah. that was my masculine side needing to protect me but, like, once you open yourself up to sobriety, you realise that the only protection you need is from yourself. So, like, so doing that and, like, coming into my own, like, womanhood, like, I'm a woman now, like, I'm not a girl. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that, sobriety changed that 100%. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's the same thing, like, like going back to sex, like, like that, like, within your body, that, like, female sexuality as well, like, sobriety brought me that, like, 100%. And now, like, I host, like, women's circles and, like, do so much stuff related yeah, yeah. to that. So... You're, you're, you're very... Yeah, you're very girl power on, on socials as well. Yeah. You're super... Yeah. But this is the first time I've felt it, you know? Sick. Like, really, like... I and know I that. feel it, yeah. Sick. So, being really powerful and, like, the... I mean, the power of connecting with your sisters as well, like... Sick. It's unparalleled. No, trust. It is, like, unparalleled energy. Sick. So, yeah, it's been beautiful. Um, and do you think you'll be sober forever? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not someone that does very well with rules, so... <laughs> so... So if you put a rule on it, you'll probably try and break it. I'll probably try and break it, yeah. but for me, it's reminding myself why I'm sober, why I'm doing this, Yeah. why I'm giving myself a rule. Like like I said, like if I want to have a singular drink every like four months, if it's a particular thing that I want to do, then yeah, I'll yeah. probably have that. Same as with drugs, you know, like I do dabble. Like, oh, I know. Shock horror. Nobody, but Get in, off the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Cancelled. But in a conscious way. In a <laughs> yeah. conscious way, you yeah. know. So, yeah, I like dabbling mushrooms. Like, festival season might do a little bit of, like, little baby bit of acid. Okay. But for me, that's like an exploring of my conscious. Your, your inner self. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and kind of doing that. Whereas, it's like, on a similar line to ayahuasca, really, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's the kind of the internal... Medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, trust. Yeah. Don't mess with anything else. So I will remain focused on being sober, but I won't allow it to regulate me beyond my comfortability. Cool. Um, that's that one. That's that one. Um, you've already answered one of the others. Um, right, here's one for you. If you could live anywhere, where would it be? <laughs> Ooh. It's just a little random one. South America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put yourself in the belly of the beast there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Like, I just uh, like tequila and cocaine, baby. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, but like, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. 
but like do you know what my like a key dream of mine i've always wanted to do is to like build my own house sick so like for yeah. me like feeling like back like back to nature like like london's not good for me yeah so like it would definitely be abroad i really love brazil like yeah. that's got a lot of its own problems so i mean everywhere's got its own problems of course but um yeah somewhere like proper back to basics nice. with heat nice. <laughs> um and what is your biggest achievement since sobriety um i guess like going freelance was a pretty large achievement yeah. and like from that there's been a lot of like i think career wise that's like been the biggest change for me um, so, so having the confidence to kind of go out on your own and yeah and also yeah. having like like not being mashups actually being able to do stuff yeah yeah and being like, able to back your talk being then. able to yeah. back my talk yeah and like yeah that's probably been my I guess my biggest achievement sick yeah alright well I think that's going to kind of bring us to an end um follow the page it's at let's talk sobriety for upcoming episodes and some other helpful things um saskia do you want to do you want to tell everyone your instagram if they want to follow you for some vegan stuff and some sobriety tips yeah sure (laughs) so it's saskia underscore rabbit because rabbit is the spirit animal yes fantastic right um yeah I don't know how to end this, so I'm going to have to re-record the ending, but cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you've got to leave it like this now. I've got to leave it like (laughs) that. Okay, goodbye. listening to Sober Diaries hosted by me Angus Reynolds if you'd like to appear as a guest on the podcast and talk about your experiences or you know someone who might please do let us know uh, you can find us on Instagram at let's talk sobriety or you can email us directly let's talk sobriety at gmail.com 